Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Welcome back to Better Living. I'm your host, Nick Carissimi. We are continuing our conversation about Trigger's Toys. I have the co-founder with me right now. We talked to Brian Townsend already. Now it is time for Stacy Townsend. How are you doing today? Doing well. Thank you so much for having me here as well. I like it. Glad well, thank here. you very much for uh, cool. joining me. I'm glad to finally have the brains of the operation there here you go. in studio. <laughs> um, we, you, Your organization has been in the studio before, but we have not spoke before. So I'm excited to understand what you do to the operation and also just how, your understanding of it. So before we kind of get into your role with Trigger's Toys, let's talk about what it is for people that are maybe just joining us and missed the first segment. So what is Trigger's Toys? So we are a nonprofit organization that wants to help alleviate the financial and emotional stress um, to for children and their families, usually under 17. Um, so from birth to about 17 years old are the programs we participate in. We just want to help them. We want to help alleviate, again, like I said, the financial and emotional stress that not only affects the child, but the family, the the siblings, mom and dad, everybody. So um, in our adventures with physical therapy, when my husband went with his therapy dog to these hospitals, we were exposed to um, these different children and families and just felt a little helpless and wanted to know what could we do. I feel like you know, we wanted to do something. How could we help? And um, that's how Trigger's Toys was born. And so now we're just continuing our mission on a grander scale, it seems now, six years later. I'm a little hazy on the actual history of this. So Brian and his dog Trigger went to a hospital. Were you guys together at that point? Yes, actually we were. We had just started dating and the market was not doing so well. So Brian had lost his job. And he uh, always wanted to do this and do physical therapy and take his dog out. He's a triggers a yellow lab. And he wanted to do that. And so he had the time. So he went and got his dog certified. And he told me, you know, and it was definitely appealing when we were first dating. I thought, oh, how cool, how romantic. This guy's amazing. <laughs> but um, it was cool because that's what he wanted to do with his time. He's like, I have the time. And I want to, I've always thought in the back of my mind, I want to do something like that. So I thought, how cool, I'm going to support this. So it's there amazing. wasn't a point where you thought this is a little crazy of an idea. You were always on board for this. You thought, yeah, what a great way to spend your time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and so when he would go and he went on his own, you know, without me the first few times and would come home or come back and we would go out on a date or something. And I, um, he would just tell me the story. And the, the one pivotal moment I'm sure he talked about with you already with Emily or with Natalie, that one moment where everything changed for him. And he, he I mean, he sat in the car and he called me right after it um, where you really saw a child come to life and really benefit from the therapy. And he got to be a part of that. He just thought he right then that this is my mission. Like, this is my calling. I should be doing this. I need to do this. How can I help more? I want more of this. So I remember that day he called and just the excitement in in his voice. And 
when Brian does get an idea in his head, there's just no going back. You keep, you know, it's almost nerve wracking sometimes because you just try to keep up. Or I'm definitely, we joke around. I'm probably the, I don't even want to say this about myself, but like the wet blanket of the organization. I'm always <laughs> like the what if or how do we do this or what if this happens. You or, always have to have that counterpoint though. Yes. It's important to have it. You make it sound like it's a bad thing. Yeah. It's super important. I'm the grounded one that thinks of, um, okay, well, we need this. We need that. We need to handle that. Because he's just, he is the idealist, and I mean he has no fear. So um, that's what I love about him, and it's exciting to watch. And I love to be a part of it. We started right away with um, I started coming with him. Yeah. So yeah. what was your first experience when you actually got to go out with him to the hospitals? And because you said that it's it, you you noticed an immediate change in him, and he was excited, and this was so, you could tell almost immediately this was something. Did you have that same kind of experience? Yes. When I went, you know, we. I had done stuff with the Children's Miracle Network, and I have been a part of the Junior League of Dallas, and I've always been service-minded and wanted to always give back to my community and be involved. So I kind of already had that background and knew about those things and had been exposed to and some organizations and moved to tears on some things that I had witnessed. So um, I knew what how contagious that was or how just motivating it was once you start doing things like that um, and how it really – you know, you think you're giving, but you're getting so much more back. So I knew that already. But um, going in and, and being able to do it with Brian and um, seeing firsthand the excitement, um, you know, we went to Scottish Rite. We were at the Baylor Hospitals, um, wherever wherever they had a therapy dog program. We just started volunteering at together. You know, the time period that happened, though, uh, when he first went was over the holidays. It was in December when we started doing it. So that's what made Brian think, I wish we could bring presents, toys, something. I feel bad these kids are here in a hospital during the holidays. And that's what sparked an idea. And both of us being in the beverage and hospitality industry, that's how we met. Um, we thought, well, that's easy. We could throw a little fundraiser, a little party. Everyone can bring us a toy um, and you know, have a little cocktail happy hour kind of benefit thing. That wasn't hard to us. We thought we'd easily get that done in a, in a week. We and you guys are very good at it. We are going to talk a lot about the Ultimate Cocktail Experience, which is coming up on September 30th. More. It's a huge fundraising event for you guys, and uh, this one sounds like it's going to be good. But yeah. there is a big jump between bouncing around some hospitals and hanging out with kids and making an impact just kind of in your free time versus starting your own organization. So... How long did it take for you guys to to get involved with this versus officially starting Trigger's Toys? You know, it only took a couple of months because, um, you know, you think, I'm going to collect some toys. And people gave me some money, and I want to give it to so-and-so. I want to give it to the hospital. Um, they don't make it easy, you know, and they have to follow proper protocol, of course. But we were unaware of that. So we started um, being asked, you know, what's your 501c3? What's this? What's that? Fill out this. And... We had no idea what they were talking about. So immediately, you know, reached out to friends that um, do have their own nonprofits and different organizations and uh, started getting that paperwork done. So that, you know, was the bulk of it. That took a lot. And Brian handled all of that in the very beginning, too, because, again, this was like his new job, you mm. know, and he was going full force and he wanted to get it fast because people were starting to give us some stuff. And we didn't, you know, we didn't want it to go to waste and we wanted to figure out where we could go. So we we got it done probably in the in the first couple months. 
did it feel like it snowballed quick? Was it this feeling of all of a sudden like, whoa, 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 what have we gotten ourselves into? A little bit when I look back because, I mean, I, re- I remember our first little small fundraiser, um, you know, party. And, you know, it was 10, 20 people. But uh, a lot of people just were excited and kept asking about it. And then we thought, well, what do we do next? And then we did something in the spring. And now, and then, yeah, it just snowballed because once we gave away everything we had raised, we want to just do it again. Now what? And then, you know, that's what happened, too. Once we started getting toys, people randomly would give us monetary donations. You know, a com- someone's company needed to sponsor something or give. Mm-hmm. And then we thought, well, do we buy more toys or maybe is there something more we can do with money? Yeah. And so we reached, you know, we asked some of the nurses in the program, what do you guys need or what what could you, um, what could we do with this money to to help even more than just a toy? Yeah. And then that's really when it snowballed too because, of course, they had a rap sheet really long <laughs> of needs <laughs> and things that they wish they could get. Um and once we shared that with our friends and donors, then we had a mission, you know. Then we had a specific thing that we were chasing, a certain dollar, and and then it would just grow from there. Was it kind of shocking, the need that was there for these people that are in this situation? Or was it kind of something that almost made sense as you were going into it? Well, I mean, I think we knew healthcare was expensive <laughs> and never <laughs> easy. And I think we had a healthy understanding of that. But um, no, I don't think... Anyone can wrap their heads around what it all costs and then not only what it costs for the therapy or um, for the initial, you know, hospital stays and things of that nature to um, what it costs the family. What it co- you know, some people are traveling or staying in, in a hotel or staying in the actual hospital rooms with their children um, because, you know, this is where they had to be to get the proper care mm. and the displacement of everything um, and what what it costs these families to not be at work, you know, having to quit jobs, um, bringing the siblings there every day too because, you know, daycare and and things like that going back and forth and watching all of that happen and unfold in front of us just because we were happened to be there in the therapy room as they're talking about little things like the logistic issues or how do I get this or how am I going to pay for this and we were just kind of in the background of those rooms all the time. And You're just naturally hearing it and kind of picking it just up. Just being blown away of like, that's, that shouldn't be. Like, that's horrible. I wish, again, how do we help? How can we do something? And, um, you know, this is, again, when we were dating and no no house, no kids, anything like that. We didn't have anything like that. So um, it we were just came from, we came to it with a very naive, but like just innocent position, I think, you know, just thinking, that's a shame. We're going to do everything we can. And uh, I think that was a good thing because that's what we had no fear asking for the money or ask getting rallying people around and together because um, I don't know, we just didn't didn't think of anything else, but how we just want to help as simple as that. And we didn't have any obligations yet. We didn't have um, there's there was no pressure. You yeah. Know? Like now we start, we're starting to feel it. But before there was no pressure. I mean, a hundred dollars to five hundred dollars. I mean, it was a win, and um, and it still is to this day. But I think we we just had a genuine like, and I think anyone would. I think that's what it is too. If you just get exposed to some of this stuff, you realize how could you not? How could you not help? 
So the organization started with just the two of you volunteering. Triggers Toys since 2009 has raised almost a million dollars. Have you guys hit that mark yet? You're close, I think. We're close. We should reach our millionth dollar this year. Should be no problem. <laughs> no, you're going to do it, I, do especially it. with this Ultimate Cocktail experience yes. coming up. I'm sure that you guys it. will push that, which is, how does that feel? I mean, that, that million dollar number is big. How does that feel? I don't know. It's surreal. I remember one time Ryan and I sat when we did get one of those hospital lists, and it was really fun because we, we had our money that we had raised, and they gave us their list, and, you know, all this hospital equipment has to be bought in a very specific place, and we would go, We were going through the list and just buying it, you know, just here we go. We're going to buy this. We're going to buy that. Here we go. We're going to donate this, and I, it was really – it's really neat to see it quantified, you know, to yeah. see the dollars – in a tangible sense, I guess, like all these different items show up and that's because of us and and our donors and the people that help us. Um, and when we were small, and we still get to do this now, too, because we've maintained um, our size, we, we try our best to always bring anyone who wants to, any volunteer and donor that wants to, they can come with us to deliver anything or um, take a tour of the facility. We ask that of anybody we help, you know, any stipulations, like the only stipulation we asked from Brian's house, who we partner with right now, was just can we have access maybe to one or two families so that if anyone asks or they or can we you know can we always be able to schedule an appointment to come and visit and see the facility and just because people really res- that resonates with them, see the dollar, see where, where it's went. coming from. So you want to be the fa- you you guys are the face of Trigger's Toys and you actually want to meet these people in person so they understand where this is coming from and to develop more of a relationship. Yeah, I think our you know for us. Because that's really what inspired us was actually being there. And it's what drives us. And I think anybody who experiences that with us will get it. Mm-hmm. If, if they don't already, they will understand it fully and then um, want to help that much more. So, and a lot of times that's what people want too, because sometimes they don't, they may not have the money, but they have the time. And we have found that with the people in the hospitality industry that are so amazing that they, they will donate all the man hours it takes to put on an event or to um, we've decorated hospitals for Christmas or repaved and redone a playground area. I mean, they, they donate their time, which is more valuable than money to me. You know, they, they really want to be there and they want to be a part of it and make a difference and just feel that it's just it's gratifying, I think. This organization is you know, donating more and more money, raising more and more money, but the craziest thing still to me is that it's just you two. You and your husband are the only people that work for Trigger's Toys. Uh, we I mentioned off-air, I hadn't talked to you guys or your organization in about a year, and I was fully expecting Brian and Kim to be like, yeah, we hired five new people and the organization is growing. Uh-uh, it's just you guys still. So do you want to keep it just you guys running this? Is, the, is, that, is that just how you guys like to operate? Anyone who has tried this whole nonprofit world um, can probably relate. Um, or for anyone running a company in general, I think you can relate. Good, good people are hard to find. So, you know, we, we have had some ups and downs. We have, you know, tried or have looked into hiring. And sometimes, you know, you would look at funds and we really want every cent that we uh, raise to go to our cause. So... When we were debating on trying to bring on staff and, you know, we have been to classes and um, had a lot of people help us and um, 
mentor us in the nonprofit realm, trying to tell us how, you know, the, if you can hire staff, the more you can uh, facilitate, the more people you can help, the more you can raise, you know, things of that nature. So once we came on board with that concept, uh, you know, you try, but you it's hard to find people that have the same passion for it like you do or um, the understanding of it and just everything. So it's... We, we don't know yet. We're not saying no. We probably will as we continue to grow. We just haven't part, you know, haven't found that right partner yet that has the time and, you know, and can deal with uh, the pay because we're not, you know, we don't we don't take anything for ourselves. Uh, so Again, yeah. that's OK. That's another thing <laughs> that I really want to hammer down on this. Both of you guys have full time jobs. You have regular full time jobs and you do this, it's yeah. only you two running it, and you don't take any money from Trigger's Toys for yourself. It all goes back into the organizations for the kids, for the hospitals. Yes. Yeah. Which, you know, and we have two small children, too. So, I, you know, when we first started, again, with no no children or anything like that, it was easy peasy. You know? <laughs> but now I'm like, wow. <laughs> the good old we, days. Yeah, what are we doing? But, yeah, it's just too much to swallow to think about using the funds any other way. And we are definitely, as we continue to grow and learn and develop and, um, again, are being mentored in how to use funds the best way possible to make the greatest impact, to make sure – because that's the hardest part, too, now is sometimes you're given funds and we feel a a huge responsibility and obligation. These are people's – this is their dollars. This is their hard-earned money, and they are trusting us to make sure it gets to the right place and benefits the right people and – you know, we don't take that lightly and it's 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 a heavy thing. And so when we look at that, you know, we try our best to just make it work. <laughs> Does this organization, do you think it feels more important to you because it is a family endeavor? This sure. is a family operation. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And and it's true. You know, our, our family members have been to, are the ones that come to the facilities and help, have helped paint uh, patient rooms. You know, it's our friends. It's our um, some of my coworkers. You know, we both work for amazing companies that have, um, you know, had us be the benefactor of mm. different fundraisers and things like that. So, you know, people, you don't realize how strong your own community is until you, until you ask them for things, until you start asking things from them. I guess I should say, but. Yeah, it's, you know, we have, we we outsource people, again, for our event, you know, things like that. We have a professional now, but this will be our second year in doing so. The, the first four years, it was just Brian and I, <laughs> you know, that was it. So finally, when the um, events and things of that nature have escalated and I've gotten to such a larger level, a higher level or whatnot, um, uh, yeah, just us. Can Stacey. honestly say. <laughs> <laughs> Stacy Townsend is the co-founder of Triggers Toys, their website, triggerstoys.org. So it's just you two, which means that you guys have to network and partner to really make sure that this organization does all that it can. We were talking off air about how you guys are really working on your partnerships to make sure that you get the most out of Triggers Toys and what y'all are able to do. So how have you been executing that and and are you are you happy with the partnerships that you've developed so far? Yes. I mean, again, it's been such an eye-opening experience. You know, I I mentioned to you earlier, now that we have this, uh, we have a lot of friends come to us saying, I'm going to start my own nonprofit. You know, let's meet for coffee. Let's meet for lunch. Tell tell me how you did it or how hard is it? You know, things like that. And everybody's intentions are so good. You don't, I wouldn't want to discourage anybody from doing it. But part of me, it's just, 
you know, I, I try to just put it in as simple as I can or as nicely as I can. Just, you know, it's it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. And it it's not a joke. I mean, it's a full on company you're running. It's an organization. It just it just does not have, you know, you're not in it for the profit. That's I the think, only difference. I think <laughs> Tony from SVP, Social Venture Partners, who you guys are involved with, uh, yeah. when he first came in, he told me that the difference between a corporation and a nonprofit, if you want to be successful, is simply the tax code. And you just yes. run it like a corporation, like any Fortune 500 business, and you will be successful. If you run it like a charity or a nonprofit, you're going in the tank. And that was the biggest learning curve that we had because, uh, you know, again, we felt such an obligation. There's so much passion, so much heart in this. You know, um, my my husband runs a company. Um, I've been with my company 10 years and running different teams and divisions and things like that. But uh, always thought that Trigger's Toys was different. It, that's not this. You know, we always thought it was so different. Um, and it really took a few meetings with people like um, with the great people from SVP and uh, com- going to some classes with like the Center for Nonprofit Management and things like that mm. to realize, no, exactly what you said. It's this is a company. And once even Brian realized that because that's what he does and he already but he already has one company. <laughs> you know, he didn't realize really what that he that's what. He's been doing. That's what we've been doing. But we just didn't look at it that way. And then once you do, it it really does help. It puts things in perspectives. And instead of customers, we have our donors that we are obligated to, I feel like. We owe them the best um, explanation of where where the money's going and the the, the credit and making sure we're doing the follow-up for them and making sure they're getting the thanks that they deserve, too, for participating and being a part of this with us. And that's how I view it. You know, that's who we are, I think, obligated to, you know, besides the people we help. That's what we're that's our mission. But um, we got to balance the two. Yeah. Yeah. It's really important to do that. You can't have one without the other. We can't help anybody without um, our donors and the people that make it possible. Well, but what about the people that are coming to you now and asking these questions and, and coming? You know, you guys are running a successful operation. You guys are doing great. And you're running on a staff that's smaller than any other nonprofit, I would guess, that's anywhere near y'all's range of success. So you have all these people coming to you, and they want advice. They want to learn if they can start their own. Are you excited about that, or is that does that still feel weird to you? I'm excited. A small part of me, you know, feels um, just – I get excited, but I, I – I almost feel bad too. I'm like, oh wow, they don't know what they're in for, you know? <laughs> Get ready, because again, I can see how a lot of nonprofits start with the best of intentions, and you can get burnt out really quick because again, help is hard to find, um, and you're at the mercy of volunteers and people who you don't pay, and you need their help though, and you're counting on them for so much, and um, it's a lot. It's a lot to to keep organized, and so that's why again with uh, SVP, I just go back to it because it was such a great lesson is like, how do we, you know, there's a lot of organizations that want to help children and the, a lot that want to help physical therapy and um, children with those sorts of needs and families with those needs. How do we really utilize our funds to to make a the biggest difference we can, mm. you know? And um, that's, they've helped us really streamline our, our mission and streamline, you know, our focus and seeing the bigger picture, like how we can get it to grow and last and, and you know, maybe not just help one or two children and their families, but, uh, you know, tens and tw- tens of 20 and, and, you know, just multiplying it by so many more. And uh, 
you know, one of the therapy programs that we are helping facilitate right now, it's the cost for the year of it is $25,000 for one child um, to participate in the program. But that's one year of physical therapy, correct? Correct. Correct. So when we think of it that way, I'm like, okay, how do we, you know, 25000 is a lot. It's a lot of money. How do we get that? But then we don't want to just help one. How do we help two? How do we help three? And yes, we could keep getting 25000 each time, but really we, they helped us see how we can maybe facilitate like, um, you know, we were able to, with the funds we were donating, we were able to have, or Brian's house rather, sorry, was able to bring on a full-time therapist to sustain a salary for um, over a year now, and then hopefully it will keep growing. All right, so we could keep talking, but yeah. unfortunately <laughs> we are running out of time, and we really need to talk about the big event that you guys have coming up, their big fundraiser for the year, the Ultimate Cocktail Experience, yes. happening September 30th over at Clyde Warren Park. It's a big to-do. <laughs> All right. We like to think so. So what, what do you guys got going? What's going to happen over in Clyde Warren? So this is just what we like to do is showcase the talent that we have in our community for um, the, from the hospitality industry. These people are amazing. First of all, you want to talk about not being paid. We do not pay these people to come out and donate their time for the entire day. So it is a pop-up bar experience. So this is the sixth year in the making, and it is going to be this year's six pop-up bars. So uh, each bar captain was selected, and they were given um, a city from around the world. So Havana, New Orleans, London, things like that. And uh, they are given free reign. They get to pick their teams, and then there's also people who volunteer online, and we just assign them to a team as well. And then they have to make the logo. They have to create the bar name. They have to come up with the cocktails and the concepts. And they're given the brands, too. So it's kind of a, a draw. You know, you don't know what you're going to get and how it's going to all work. But those captains are in charge of doing that. So it's been months of hard work on their part. Yeah. Again, that they have volunteered their time to do on top of their real full-time jobs. And um, it's a competition, too. So, I mean, there is some skin in the game. They they are competing uh, for the as a customer, as a consumer, when you come that night, you um, make sure to vote for your favorite bar and the one that you liked, either the whole, I mean, they go to a props, Shag Rentals is amazing, and they um, they can go to the props and uh, warehouse and pick out everything, so it, they want to create an experience. So when you walk in, you really feel like you're going to be in London or um, in Havana. So they re- they're charged with making an experience happen for you that can only happen for four hours and one night. For all these people. It's awesome. Yeah. It sounds like they're going to get really competitive too, which yes, is just going to ramp it up and yes. make it that much more fun because in that, the people in that industry, they tend to be, they, they're aggressive and they yes. want to be the best. And so once you combine this with the kind of event that you've got going, I mean, amazing results. Yes. They're competitive and creative and you put those two things together and it's always a good time. It's always amazing. And I am so blown away and impressed with what they come up with. And some of them, this is their first experience being able to work with a graphic designer to make their own logos and things cool. like that. So they get, they the Very feedback cool. we get is that they enjoy it. But it is a lot of work. And it's a Saturday night, which, as you know, in the industry, I mean, that's a top dollar-making night. And they take it off and come and do this for us and and let all the proceeds go to Trigger's Toys. And it's it's just a testament to the hospitality industry and our community, specifically here in DFW, that you, we haven't seen anywhere else. And you guys are looking to raise a quarter million in one night, correct? Yes, that's the idea. 
It's going to be good. <laughs> that we get to do, again, the bartenders, the brands, um, the spirits that are involved. Mm-hmm. I mean, they uh, donate, and that's how they supply the product and everything like that, too. And they um, participate in that regard. And they, they, a lot of people who work um, for the brands, they come and support and donate themselves and all that. So we couldn't do it without everybody. I mean, it, it is an all-out, all-in effort. Stacy Townsend is the co-founder of Triggers Toys, their website, triggerstoys.org. And one last time, the ultimate cocktail experience happening September 30th, which is a Saturday over at Clyde Warren Park here in Dallas. The website for that, ultimatecocktailexperience.com, and tickets are still available. Yes, I would hurry and get them, but yes, there's 65 Okay. Um, and that is your um, drinks. And we have food there, too. There's food trucks, music and dancing. I mean, the whole thing. So it's a whole night. And all proceeds going to Trigger's Toys. Absolutely. Stacey Townsend, thank you so much for your time. It was great talking to you. Thanks for having me. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 